from coast to coast and broadcasting around, around the, world. the world. This is the Holly Weird edition of the Roger the Wild Child Show. Let's get this party started! Ready, set, go! On the air everywhere. It's the Roger the Wild Child Show! It's time for another kick-ass episode of the Roger the Wild Child Show with your host, Roger the Wild Child, along with his partner in crime, Hollywood hairdresser and musician, Darren Sheff. Also, our mystery guest co-host of the week, plus the Holly Weird Report with entertainment gossip queen, Ika Velli. Let's do this. It's the Roger the Wild Child Show! Hey guys, how are you doing? Welcome to the Roger the Wild Child Show. This is the Holly Weird edition. Hey, great to have you guys along with me. Uh, I have my great distinguished co-host, uh, Darren Chef. Hey, Darren, how are you doing, bud? Oh, we're on. We're on live right now. Yeah, we, we're live. We're live. It's oh. not Demrex. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I know we are. Hey, you know what? What an opening with freaking Lee, isn't it? Incredible. Leland Scar. Like well, sure, you can call him Leland, but us guys that are tight with him, we just call him Lee. So Lee. that's cool. He's Lee to us. Yeah. No, I'm just yeah. teasing you. But I actually that was hunting <laughs> for my picture with him, man, with the finger. I got it, man. I just found it. But you know, I'm just trying to figure out how to use this that's share awesome. thing here. So, but yeah, it was great to see like the plethora of all these. So Darren, glasses. I mean Listen, okay. I, I may be cutting out, so if I have some internet connections issue, you may have to take over for a few minutes while I re- reset. Listen, so. between Ike and all these guys, I can already tell in the green room that there's not going to be a lack of anybody that couldn't pull this thing off and handle this thing tonight, which is going to be great because just even if you're that excited about the green room, imagine what's going to fly out of your mouths when you get live here. Well, we are live. What am I talking about when we get live? When they're all in here and we're all live. But right. Anyway, yeah. Now you're, so, you're yes. cool, dude. You're good. You're good, man. It's good to be back on because it's been like what two months for us or something since we did the uh, the the uh, ho- I mean the Nashville edition. The Nashville edition has been going really good with uh, Elise and Justin. Um, great combination, great chemistry of people. Um, so I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't. Exp- That's not uh, what I have- think. I'm glad you think so. I don't. I'm just kidding. I'm just <laughs> kidding. I'm the old co-host, so I'm just being goofy and silly. Now, they're doing a great job. I'm watching them. I'm coaching them on the side. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, yeah, so, no, they're doing really good. And it's great. I mean, Elise was sick on Sunday, and you jumped in and, and filled in. And that was, you know, that was a lot of fun just to be able to uh, bring her on like that. Uh, or bring you on like that. I'm sorry. Um, um, and like you just woke up and I texted you. I'm like 30 minutes till showtime. Do you want to pop in and 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 fill in for Elise? And she's and you're like, yeah. Um, well, well, maybe. And then you ended up showing up surprisingly. So that was really cool. Um, and I think our audience man. loved it. Yeah, reminiscing. Hurry, don't be late. <laughs> Remember that song, reminiscing. Anyway. Look at Roger's frozen right there. Look at he looks so weird, man. He looks like okay. He's here's acid. what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna have to reset my system while I do that. Let's. We have a mystery co-host, and I'm gonna bring her on, and then you guys can banter for just a couple minutes because I'm having some connection issues. I'm gonna have to reset. So let's go ahead. Um. So let me tell you. Um. 
Lydia Manson is going to be is our amazing distinguished uh, guest co-host. Hi, Lydia. Hey. Thank you for having me. How are you doing? You are an actress. You are in the web series Ghost, the Ghostbusters series. Is that correct? No, that series <laughs> is it's dead. What? What happened? Yeah. Um, I think the director kind of bit off more than he could chew with. Oh, that good gosh! We don't want to hear about yeah. that. We don't. That want sounds to a little that. personal. <laughs> we don't talk about <laughs> Bruno. We don't want to throw his ass under the bus. That sounds a little personally bit off too much that he could chew. That's cool. <laughs> It happens. Well, we'll it, it happens. It happens. We won't go there, but that's cool. <laughs> so what do you got going on with yourself, Lydia? Um, so next week, I'm actually going to West Virginia, and I'm going to be filming a horror film called Macabre Mountain. Hmm. So we're going to be filming in like an actual corn maze and in an actual haunted house, kind of um, like one of those ones that you would like go through with your friends. So that's pretty exciting. I'm excited about that. Awesome, get to awesome. With Felissa Rose from Sleepaway Camp. So I'm excited. Wow, that's awesome. That's really cool. <laughs> hey, I'm going to let you two banter for just a minute. I'm going to have to do a reboot. You actually that's... sound good now, man. You're actually in tune. I mean, there's nothing really. Right. You're okay. Go ahead and reboot. Okay. Well, well, there was just there was just some lag on my end, so I'm just wondering if there needs to be a reboot real quick. Well, you sound pretty good. There might be a little lag from what I'm saying to get to you, but you you're you're coming across. Okay, so if you guys are in the chat rooms, let me know if everything's all good with you guys. Um, let me know. So let's speaking of chat rooms, um, let's it, it's blowing up here. Yeah, the comments um, are flowing. Mm-hmm. So Dude, there I, he goes. Can He's you guys frozen. hear me? Okay. Uh, you just froze. You just froze. Go ahead and reboot. Okay, let me go ahead and reboot because I'm getting him. a lot of let's lag order on him my in a re- guys, So yeah. order it's all him. you. Order him in a really demeaning way. You reboot. better reboot right now. All right. I'm <laughs> out of here, bitches. <laughs> hey. How dare he even come in here in that way? Not having his shit together. I mean, right? who, um, How is he the wild child? Right. Shit, he, he, he's supposed to be in charge of this? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Really? You know, that's what's you know how some people are. I mean, they're the opposite of what they're appearances so he's really like a guy that is an introvert and wears diapers and he's scared of everybody (laughs) hey so you said macabre is that what you said yeah yeah so i i detected like a midwest accent there when you said macabre where are you from in the midwest somewhere no i'm actually i live in upstate new york okay well still that's kind of where that is and it's not a new york accent that mid that upstate new york what part of upstate new york are you from um i live near albany Okay, that's why then, yeah. So yeah, it's kind of that so I was same. born I was born in Georgia and then I moved to New York when I was seven. Okay, like so the city and everything, or you got out of upstate or um so I moved to Buffalo, New York when I was seven, and then okay. I moved to the Albany area about ten years ago. Since we're talking about New York and we got a couple seconds, I'm gonna tell you guys a funny story. So I'm hanging with my dad and he's telling all these old, you know, rock star stories about you know, his life. And then he's telling about all of the stories about him taking acid when he was like, you know, in the sixties and, and what he else said, do you do in the sixties? <laughs> well, that's exactly right. So he was on the subway in uh, New York and he was tripping out really hard on some acid. And he loved the way older people's faces looked. He like longshoreman, you know, creases in the face and 
he was young and he goes, man, I was just like really just tripping hard on this one dude. So I'm tripping on him. I'm looking at his face and he goes, and the guy looks at me after like 15 minutes of being on the subway and just like goes on New York and is like, what the fuck do you keep looking at me for? You've been staring at me for fucking 20 minutes. What are you on acid? And my dad goes, yeah. And he goes, oh, cool. <laughs> like it was all good you know <laughs> yeah, i love that man anyway, i'm only like two hours from new york city so anytime i go there even if i'm nowhere near a taxi i always have to say hey i'm walking here <laughs> i don't i have to get it out of my system i don't know why but well, I have that's to. good that was a good new york accent let's try and get everybody to do a new york accent tonight and see what the scoop is because some people, Raj, what's your New York accent sound like? Let's just hear it really quick. Go ahead. Yo, yo, y'all checking out the Roger the Wild Child show. What's going on? <laughs> That's hideous. Anyway. <laughs> I give you an a... a for effort. I try. Okay. <laughs> that's try. what was so great. I knew it was going to just be hideous. So I knew <laughs> then. And that's what's so great about this guy. Anyway, I love it. Does hear English. Well, no, we don't want to do that. We got an English guest on here. Yeah. Wanna, you know. Anyway, look at all these folks in the. I know. Uh, the we got DDA. Hey, DDA. DDA. Hello, everyone. Been looking forward to this brand new show. Um, Cindy DeGeorge says, Hi, everyone. Cliff Hell. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Cliff Hell. It's Cliff Hill, Hill. Not Hell. Did you hear him? Cliff Hell. Cliff Hell. He's, well, on this he's show, still he's, on Cliff, the, he's, he's still Cliff on the Hill. New Yorker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's Cliff Hell. Cliff Hell. <laughs> God, help this guy, please, Manson. Jesus. <laughs> okay, Nick Lyon says, hi, guys. Have a great show. Can't wait. Um, Cliff's wife, Emma, is chiming in. Mrs. Um, Hell. Tony, chiming Tony in. Moore is watching the show from the green room. Hi. Tony. Let's see. Who else Joe. we got here? Joe. Joe's here. Joe Preston. Come on. Let's get serious. Joe's in the house. I'm I'm in. You see that for anybody that doesn't know Joe I Preston, Joe, don't yeah, worry Preston because nobody else in. does. Um, <laughs> Jen Adams is here. She's saying yep. hi. Anybody know Jen Adams? Everybody Do knows. now. Yep. Hi, Jen. Yeah. <laughs> Jen is from Boise and she's friends of mine and um, Ike. She ran, she owns the theater that Ike perf- was performing in here in Boise. Theater. Theater. Richard the Lee H- is in the house. Sup, guys? Finally got there everything to load. Yeah. Perfect. Don Swartz is checking in. There is Don. Yep. Cut the lawn, Don. That's his. Deshaun Whipple. Deshaun is here. What's happening, man? Yeah. And Leo, our buddy Leo. Yeah. There's my San Diego boy I grew up with right there. Awesome. So, I mean, the, the chat rooms are below. They're we blown. got Calvin Thorpe on YouTube. All right. Um, Calvin is in. If you know Cal, you can so, yeah. Cal. And we and we got um Kelly Connor Cal. is also checking in. Saying yeah. hello to everybody in the chat room. The chat room's all blowing up, so it's all good. Uh, but you yeah. know what? It's time <laughs> to bring on our entertainment gossip queen. Are, are we guys I'm ready so for excited. Hell yeah, man. Freaking bring Ike. the Dean on. Are you kidding? Ike. 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 Here we go, guys. Come on, Ike. Come on, Ike. Let's do it. Are you ready, Ike? Halloween. 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 
Are you ready for some celebrity sleaze? Want to know who's doing who in Hollywood? Our entertainment gossip queen has your 411 offstage and behind the cameras. Behind the cameras. And now, the Holly Weird Report with Ica Velli. Oh, yeah, it's Ica Velli. And Ike, what's up, brother? I am canceling all my dating apps because that <laughs> intro was so satisfying. I don't need a man anymore. Okay. You couldn't see me, but I was dancing the whole time. <laughs> me too. You know what? That was quite an intro. And as a matter of fact, I've been out of the loop for, for so long. I forgot I created that music for you, man. I was like, oh, wow. And I'm not doing that <laughs> to pat myself you, on the back. I just totally spaced out that, you know, that, that even if I ever bad. come back, I want an entrance like that. Yeah, do you, that was, do you, Lydia? That was like E News should be like pulling shit like that. <laughs> yeah, bravo! Is it? Yeah. But Ike, you deserve it. Oh, I love you. I love you. Oh. Love you more. Everybody's <laughs> loving Ike. Ike is in the house. That's right. I love Ike. Everybody loves Ike. If you don't like Ike or love Ike, take a. That was so corny. Well, no, sorry, no, no. Actually, it, it rhymes. So yeah, better than what's on the charts today. Talking yes. to the mic, Ike. <laughs> I'm just so, thank you so much for having me on. First of all, as your resident gay queen coming in right. to do some gossip, I'm excited. <laughs> yes. Hello. So Hello. I thought I'd just start out with letting you all know that Sylvester Stallone mm. is in a new project. I don't know if you heard about this. It's called Rocky Marriage. <laughs> Rocky marriage. Oh, I see what you did there. Oh yes. Oh, oh my God. God. No, so, okay, so can you say that know. one more time? Can you please say that one more time? What part? The Rocky or the marriage? Both. <laughs> Rocky marriage. Wow. There you go. So you're saying I have a chance. Oh. Well, first of all, he just turned 76 and his wife, Jennifer Flavin. So for those who don't know how to say it, it's not Flavin, it's Flavin, like flaccid. Okay. So after 25 years, they are getting a divorce. Wow. Wow. Really? And I'm going to tell you why. Jennifer stated in her documents, the husband, I love that. Yeah. That he is engaged in intentional dissipation or waste of marital assets. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? I don't even know. That's like going way over my head. I'm too fucking stupid. <laughs> and even below, know what and below your knees, too. That's Jeez. what I'm thinking. I'm thinking Sylvester probably doesn't even know what dissipation is. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Is that like constipation? That's probably what he's thinking. <laughs> it may be. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I will still, still go for it. You, you See, I now, love that. Se- I don't know if you would. How about Rod, like Rod Stewart and yeah. his uh, little like uh, banana hammock? That's a cute picture. I age. would do Rod Stewart before Sly. <laughs> I would. <laughs> Something with the soccer ball. I don't know. Yeah. And the weird, like, yeah, the hair and the whole thing. So maybe you guys can help me out here. So now that Stallone is back in the market again and. John Travolta is back in the market again. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Suppose that there could be a hookup there. You know what? You never know. Are they both Scientologists or something? They might be. No, I don't think Sylvester <laughs> would last a minute in there. <laughs> his mo- wasn't his mother a psychic friend or something like that? Jacqueline? That's right. Jackie. 
right? Oh, Look at this guy, man. He's like freaking 30 years younger than us, and he knows all this shit here. This 30 years incredible. younger. I'm right up. Uh, up no, I don't want to say I'm up Stallone's ass. Goes, <laughs> Jen Adams goes, I'm, I'm he puts the alone in Stallone. Can I get an all <laughs> yeah? <laughs> But, I wonder uh, if he's looking for Adrian after all these years. I mean, uh, Adrian! <laughs> the fact that he lasted longer than Ali is beyond me. <laughs> well, hey, right about his brother, man, Frank. Man, he's a trip, too. Oh, but he had a good song in the 80s. What was the name of that again? He did, all the, he did a lot of the Rocky stuff, man. Far From Over. That was the song. Yeah, he was great. And he was the bartender in Barfly with Mickey Rourke, that real, like, obscure, weird little movie about the drunk uh, guy, you know, Barfly. Yes. And Frank Stallone was the freaking uh, bartender in that scene when Mickey yeah. Rourke, like, gets all crazy in there. To all my friends, you know, <laughs> drinking. <laughs> I did that actually pretty Fake good. Gun- yeah. <laughs> to all my friends. Yeah. I love that movie, man. Like, Mickey Rourke was, it was like the most, like, underground, cool little, like, you know, film, but it was good. Faye Dunaway was in that too. It was awesome. Anyway, yeah, Faye Dunaway, that's another story. I wish I had something on her. Icavelli yeah. has the skinny on gossip. I got something on her. <laughs> well, she doesn't know it, but I do. Not Joan anyway. Crawford. But, Joan. You know, I feel bad for the Stallones, but I do blame Jennifer. And I'm going to tell you why. Why? She should, took, she should have took advice from Anna Nicole Smith. Never marry old. Sometimes they live. That's what we're going to walk away with today. All right. Right? That's right. Absolutely. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. (laughs) Smoking a pancake? Of marriages. Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck. Uh Uh-oh. J-Lo and Ben are back in the news again. Jenny on on the, we'll we'll say on the block for now, since it runs with something else. Uh, They were married in July. And when they returned from their honeymoon in Italy, oh, poor things, right? Italy. <laughs> if I ever call oh. my honeymoon, it's going to be Coney Island. Such a shame. Yeah, I know. Yes, Cindy to George, we are talking about Benifer. Yeah. But how many honeymoons do these two need in one lifetime? <laughs> right, exactly. You know what? They're like, you know, like, you know, whatever, the Prince Harry over in England. It's like that redhead kid, you know, is that his name, Harry? They, they, it's yeah. like they, you know, they talk about these. I, I bet you that guy's got hair on his shoulders, too. He's one uh, of those guys. I know that. I knew that. Was, exactly. It's like, oh, no. oh God. Uh, and there's like, man, look at him. He's walking on the beach. It's like, big fucking deal. <laughs> walking on the beach. So what? Anyway. Well, Jennifer is very upset because a video leaked from the wedding of her serenading to Ben. And Are really? you serious? You're going to uh, cry over that spilt well, milk? The reason why she ticked is because everyone at the event was supposed to sign an NDA. Mm-hmm. Now, for those who don't know what an NDA is, like, you know, Stallone. Needle dick assholes? A, is that what that means? <laughs> a, a In some circles. <laughs> I heard circles. I'm listening. Sorry. I, that's okay. Go ahead, buddy. Well, we, need, we all need to chime in about this. I mean, it's been <laughs> We do. We do. She killed me in some circles. I get it. I get it. <laughs> some circles. So I'm thinking the song she was serenading Ben with was yeah. Fourth Time's a Charm. Oh. Right? Her big new hit single. Fourth yeah. Time's a Charm. Yes. Oh, oh, yes. Do we want to take mm-hmm. bets on this one? This is an oldie, but you know, it's probably true. I, the song, I hate every bone in your body except mine. Yeah, yeah I'm sure. <laughs> 
<laughs> Every bone, Stallone. <laughs> oh, see, look at us. We're rappers tonight, too. We got it all going on. See that chat room? Yep. The four of us right here. This is the shit right here. We haven't even gotten to the guest. So let's get, let's get all four of us in the chat room to put bets on how many months they think this is going to last. Mm. Ben and Jen. Yeah. Okay. Shoot up in the chat room, guys. Ben and Jen. How many? Do you think, I'm going to say six think? months. I'm going to say yeah. six months and it's done. I'm going to go double digits with 10. Oh. Oh. <laughs> She's like in Vegas. I'm going to troll down. Gonna... <laughs> yeah, throw down with God. the Motown. Man, I, I swear to God, I, I I don't even know if I could even give it three. I'm going short. Three? I'm going to say two months, and I'm going to tell you why. Why? Because I think his ex, Jennifer Garner, is going to show up naked at his door when she's not home with biscuits. <sighs> oh, God. Like cat head-sized biscuits? Biscuits and jam? Bippy. Always. They'll be jam. <laughs> Richard Lee says four Do months. Do you know what the difference between jelly and jam is? No. You can't jelly the stick in your ass, but you sure can jam it. Oh! <laughs> you said there was no filters. We're going to be best friends. <laughs> you know what? I thought it would be more appropriate to hear that out of her mouth because some people, when I say something <laughs> filthy like that, they go, that guy's a fucking asshole. Did you hear him? There was kids in the background, and I'm like going, shit. So I'm glad you did that. Yes. Because, you know, that was appropriate. Because I've been scolded, fucking thrown down, kicked down. Oh, my God. He said a dirty word. It's like, yeah. So that was great. <laughs> All right. So Richard Lee says four months. Uh, Karen Oris Aronwitz says 11 months. Uh, Nina Obama Marie was. Carey says four times a charm will last four months. <laughs> Calvin Thorpe says seven months. The, the, the chat room's blown up, guys. Uh, Deanne, Deanna Blankenship says three. Our buddy Don Swartz um, says four and a half years. Oh, he's actually has faith in them. Okay. Um, Let's see here. Uh, Jen Adams says two years if they both get film projects. Mm. Mm -hmm. Anybody got any uh, numbers in dog years? Norman Voss says they've already broken up. We just don't know (laughs) about it yet. They have after probably. I'm a minute too late. (laughs) Yes, you didn't get the you didn't get the memo yet. No, I don't know what the hell Jenny on the block is doing. (laughs) Five times a charm. So, do we have time for more or no? Yes. Okay. Fans of the Housewives in New Jersey, anybody? Yes, I never watched it. (laughs) Never. (gasps) No. Uh, well, according to George to post, says we're going to hell. This is good. <laughs> according to the post, Teresa Judice was just married this month and says this is good information that she is having sex with her new husband, Louie, two times a day hmm. and she can't keep her tongue to herself. Wow. It sounds like a personal problem. Right. So what she's basically saying, guys, is that her tongue is catching more germs than Lysol. <laughs> <laughs> Good for her. Mm-hmm. Good for her. Yes, good for her. Well, can we all agree that maybe that's a good thing? Well, hell yeah, it's a good thing. Of course yeah, it is. I mean, you know, we got to think positive, right? I mean, shit, mm-hmm. there's too much negativity. You got to take, you got to find the good stuff and all the kind of normal weird stuff. So we're all thinking mm-hmm. it's a good thing. Yeah. Well, she, 
she did go on though. She did um, say they have sex morning and night, but sometimes he gets her during the day. Uh -huh. oh, he gets her yes. during the day. The day. And I and I want to say, Teresa, it sounds like your new husband's unemployed. <laughs> <laughs> Who's supporting who here? Right. Are you collecting unemployment? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, you're killing me, man. Freaking great. We got, we got more if you're ready for it. One more. Let's do it. Let's do right, one more. Apparently so is Teresa. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Morning, noon, and night, and the overnight shift. Right. <laughs> so Kate Moss is in the news today. Today, this is yeah. this is hot off the press, guys. Mm -hmm. She stated Johnny Depp gifted her a diamond necklace when they were dating in the nineties. Didn't come in a box. No. Didn't come with a pretty bow. No. This one came. What did he come with? It came inside okay. of Johnny's ass, and she had to pull it out. What? <laughs> True story. Wow. You uh, heard it here. Is this before beads were popular or some shit? Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I was so hoping. You know when you drop the beads like in Home Alone on the floor of the marbles? I was like, oh, <laughs> let that happen inside of there. <laughs> well, you know, that, well, that sounds it sounds normal because, I mean, look, look what was left on his bed, you know, yeah. from Amber. I mean... <laughs> She did go on to say that after she received it, she wore it at the 1995 CFDA Fashion Awards show, which explains why the critics said her outfit stinks. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> wow. Oh, it's great. Let and me see your Liberace ring, dude. Let me I see your Liberace happy. ring. Show us your oh. Liberace ring. Pop that up there. Look at that freaking thing. Good Lord, man. <laughs> oh, dang. Do you, do you, do you actually whack off with that thing on? I can't no, believe it. No, this came out of John Travolta's ass, just so you know. Oh, did it? Okay. All right. <laughs> I thought it would have been his cock ring, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> do you hear that? There's that, you know, upstate yep. New York thing. It's cock ring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, these, she's from upstate. He's from the city. So you hear the difference? Yes, yeah, it's cock ring. Yeah, this is cock ring. Oh my god, we can be best friends. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now you guys can like each other on Facebook and just you know oh. hang out. No, I was just at the Bronx Zoo on Monday. How is this possible? I don't know. Wait, there's so many days yet out of the year. We will see each other for sure. We have this to. is a must. We have to. With with the lots of what is it, truly you had? What is it? Yeah. We'll have lots of those together. We can go to the city. We can do the Sex in the City tour. Do you know how long I've been waiting to do that? I've always <laughs> wanted to do it. I think my sister. I think my sister did and said she was disappointed, and she's a big uh, fan. I feel like I would be disappointed too, but I still want to do it. We'll go to Magnolias. <sighs> they are that? getting a new immersive Titanic exhibit coming to the city soon. Do people drown? Um, I don't think it's that immersive, but it was a very poor choice in words, I will say. Yeah, all right. But I mean, our on? hearts will go on. <laughs> Isn't that a Celine song or something like that? Yeah, but it's yeah. from Titanic. Look at Roger trying to be gay. <laughs> oh, it comes naturally, dear. He he thought all the people in the life jackets were just like dressed up and they were all the gay people. It's weird, you know, like because it was flashing out. Oh, you see him with all those. Yeah. Bow tie I'm and a life jacket. Blowing right. into some fucking tube trying to get air in there and shit. I'm sorry. We're going to go. 
God bless those fucking people. I am so sorry for even making fun Obviously of that. Obviously, he needs to be better at blowing you did. if he's going to try to be gay. <laughs> <laughs> he's Too got far. practice. He just doesn't want to let anybody know. Right. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> he's in the closet still. With this, like, 2022. Like, if you're in the he's closet in 2022, dabbling. you're through. He's dabbling. D- dabbling. Dabbling. <laughs> it's not practice if you do it more than twice. <laughs> What did I walk into? <laughs> I did say there's no filter on this show, so this is. He reminded me multiple times, and I was like, "All right, yeah, I did, I did." Oh, you got boy. the two people in the bottom boxes here. You should, you told them the wrong thing, Roger. You guys I are bot- you guys are bottoms, and Roger and I are tops. <laughs> I was going to say, don't assume I'm a bottom. Oh, it's about time. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you switch hitter. All right. <laughs> Ike Avelli, thank you very much for the Holly Weird Report. Oh, thank God, you. Ike. Incredible, man. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Tony God. and Norman are going to come on and be like, why did we sign up for this? They are. we got to <laughs> right? keep it clean for these guys because they're rock stars and they don't do anything weird or see anything no, weird. Never. So they're they're clean completely this shit innocent. They've done nothing wrong. Yeah. <laughs> nothing, nothing. No. <laughs> All right, Ike, we'll see you next Wednesday. Take care, everyone. Nice meeting you. Bye. See you, buddy. Oh my bye god! Bye. It's like a movie going, you know, going to the end, and they're like saying bye to each it's other. It's like that Titanic going down. Oh, I give me one more kiss. I'll never let go. <laughs> I'll never let go. <laughs> that alrighty. Too much, man. Ike is just ah. Oh. He's a, he's a character. I had so much fun with him when um, he was here in Boise. We hung out, and you know, and. You know, just you know him and and, and his uh, show partner Tim Moss. Um, fabulous show! If you ever go see Fifty Shades of Grey, it is an amazing show. He's traveling the world with it, and um, I think we're going to try to bring him back to Boise here. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah. So, um, so Jen and I are her. Jen's trying to figure it out with Ike, and we're trying to, we're, you know, and hopefully we'll get him back here for a holiday show. So fingers are crossed. Yeah. So. Awesome. So that was fun. I know everybody wants to get our guests um, yep. on board. So let's, um, we're going to bring our guests on. But first, uh, we're going to open up the phone line. Now you want to blow up my phone. Have a question or comment? Studio lines are wide open. 845 400 Wild. 845 400 Wild. That's 845 400 W I L D. Give us a call and get on the air right now. Right now. 845-400-WILD. All right, there you go. 845-400-WILD. And uh, with us right now, um, he is one of the original members of Iron Maiden, and he was with Cutting Crew. And he's coming to us straight from the UK. Please welcome to the Roger the Wild Child Show, Mr. Tony Moore. Yeah. It's a pleasure to be here, guys. Thank you for my introductory bell. Of course. I, I haven't had a bell in ages. here with us today. <laughs> you deserve that bell. Thank you. Well, I'm very, very pleased to be here. I've, um, uh, I'm only a little terrified by the first part of the show. <laughs> not, not sure what to expect next. <laughs> we'll clean it up for you. Don't worry, buddy. <laughs> I'll be yeah, on my best good. behavior. Yeah. Thank you, <laughs> We're sorry. We've been, you know, misbehaving. No, it's it, it's great to hear people just um, being themselves and having fun, and 
Uh, Ike's got some great gossip and some great jokes, and uh, it's it's part. It's a uh, you know, it's the name is in the show, right? Wild, wild. Yep, exactly. What, what, pretty much. What should I expect? <laughs> yeah, you, you can't expect anything less. Yeah. And then you've got Lydia Manson <laughs> I mean, here do, too. You have like a cheetah next to you, so yes. So um, well, that's that. His name's Spizzy, the cheetah, and uh, he's been with Hi, me for a very Spizzy. long time. He's a good friend, um, very loyal and very quiet. And very, very quiet and, and tame, just sitting oh, right yes. there, he only might... moving the head around a couple times. And that is like some discipline. I can't even get my golden doodle to do that. <laughs> That's incredible. He's he's my guard <laughs> cheater. And uh, he's just keeping an eye out that, that no crazy fans come crashing in through the window in the middle of this. Oh, they're nuts, aren't they? <laughs> Amy's there. Look at I'm here. Hey, you I'm know here. Amy? Amy's checking in. I want to say Amy. hi to Diania, though, uh, Diania and I go back a long way. She came to one of the early cutting crew shows when we were touring in 87. And, um, and I, I, I signed a little autograph and did a little drawing for her, which she, years and years and years and years later, I got this beautiful email out of the blue just saying, um, how touched that she was. I took some time to talk to her. And, and so she's been a, a Facebook friend now for, for ages, but it's, nice. it's, it's amazing how social media kind of brings together, you know, um, friends from the past, <laughs> the right. connections oh, yeah. from the past that you, 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 you never knew were, uh, were able to be in touch with. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You got a lot of social media you. now, you. right? Yeah. Yep. So and- Tony, Yes, um, Darren. I see you have <laughs> I see you have <laughs> guitars behind you, but so you're like a multi instrumentalist. You play, uh, yep, yeah, absolutely. I, I so I I've always played guitar, but but I, my main instrument was piano when I was a a, a young teenager, mm-hmm. and so I I was mainly a rhythm songwriter guitarist. Um, mm-hmm. Never ventured to play single notes and bend them and do it in oh, public. Sure. Um, sure. But the but until the last few years, when when I've now um, kind of embraced being a, a lead guitarist as well. But yeah, I have lots of guitars, and uh, I, I love to play guitar. But I, and I love to play piano. I just love to make music. Actually, that's the, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. my blessing in life that I've had the chance to make music. That's now you were one of the original members of Iron Maiden. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so t- tell us how that story began. So I grew up in um, uh, a beautiful town on the west coast of the UK called Bristol. And uh, my dad was a classical pianist and tenor, and my mum was a ballet dancer. It was a very arty home, and my dad was always playing and singing. But I couldn't read music. And even though they sent me to piano lessons, I'd, I'd have to memorize the pieces and, and pretend I was reading them as I was playing them just from here. Um and I got caught out too many times. And I just told my dad, I, I can't do this. I, I don't have an aptitude to read music. He, on the other hand, could sit in front of a, a piece of Rachmaninoff or Chopin or Mozart and play it perfectly first time. So I ended up composing music. That seemed the easier route to me. If I composed it, then nobody could say it was wrong. <laughs> so, so I was writing songs um, influenced by the Beatles because that was what my mum used to listen to all the time and early Genesis and mm. um, uh, kind of people like that and, and Bowie and all the kind of glittery people. Alice mm. Cooper was a big influence mm. on me in the early 70s. And I formed a band and we did lots of gigs and I was writing the songs and singing. And one day when I was uh, 17, I thought, 
I need to leave Bristol because it's a beautiful place, but you know, like every country there, it's the major city where the industry is and where you've got to be at. So, mm. you know, obviously over there, it's either New York or LA or maybe Atlanta or Nashville, but, mm-hmm. but um, I'm, I'm guessing maybe um, there are areas in America where the music industry isn't located. So you need to move. Yeah. Um, and I answered an advert in a newspaper back then. Obviously no, it was, really? uh, we, yeah, we had, we had steam telephones back then. They were uh, mm. all the rage. And, um, you know, if it was a long distance call, you had to make sure you had a lot of coal to hand to make sure that you could get through the call. Mm. Obviously, oh, I'm wow. joking here. This, this is a British humor. A <laughs> little bit of irony just thrown in there. And here I am like, oh, my God, that's insane. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, right. Lydia. This is 1800. If you look wow. on Gullible, here is yeah. my picture. Uh, I understand they've just taken Gullible out of Webster's Dictionary. Um, Did they really? <laughs> anyway, I'll leave that to hang for a second. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. So, so, <laughs> but but seriously, when I was, uh, it was it, this was 1977. Okay, so there was no mobile phones or internet or anything, but there was a magazine called the Melody Maker, which was a bit like the internet in paper form. So mm. every week you could uh, look for bands that wanted musicians, or you could be a musician saying that you were looking for a band or you could sell or buy equipment or you could say that you were a lonely musician looking for a friend. Um, you know, basically all the things <laughs> you need on the internet. And uh, I, there was a big advert and it said, uh, it said Iron Maiden. I think it, all this is online now, right? People have found all of this, but I think it said Iron Maiden rock band or London rock band uh, looking for a keyboard keyboard synth player and drummer or drummer and keyboard synth player. No idiots. <laughs> no, <laughs> no idiots. <laughs> As if an idiot would go, oh, yeah, that's me. Oh, I'm not doing that. They won't like me because I'm an idiot. Um, uh, so I've called the number and arranged to do an audition and drove to London for the first time ever on my own. My little car with all my equipment in the back, and um, uh, it was it was like the most exciting thing in my life at that point because I'd never been in a rehearsal room. Um, it, that was such a professional thing to do, and the, the volume of the hum of the guitar amps was so loud. Mm that I was terrified what the first chord was going to be. You know that Marty McFly thing in Back to the Future? I was just going to say that. Yeah, exactly. And he flies. It felt like when they started, that was going to happen, right? Because there was this sense of of volume trepidation in the room. Mm -hmm. And uh, so they just started playing, and I started hitting my keyboards and trying to find things to fit in the songs. And um, after about half an hour we took a break and they went off and I had a little conference and then they came back 10 minutes later and they said right you're in (laughs) (laughs) do you want to join the van I went sure um (laughs) so this was my chance to move to London so I moved um up I didn't have a job I got a job in a department store selling cameras and hi-fi I didn't Mm. understand either of those things really but it was a job Mm. and I I could lie quite easily and convince people they'd ask me you know is this a 1.4 aperture camera? And I go, oh, yeah, of course. It's got all the apertures on this one. <laughs> Whatever, you know, sure. it's a fully, fully apertured. <laughs> so um, 
Some guy you uh, sold a camera to is watching this right now, and they're like, he "Yeah." Do you know what? It was 1977. I don't care. He, 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 he's not going to do anything now. Like, I get my Zimmer frame, and I will. He had a lifetime warranty, and he's calling the store. <laughs> so, hey, um, hey. Go on. Oh. I do have a phone caller um, that yes. when you finish up the story here real quick, we're going to, we're going to put the caller on for you, Tony. Okay. Anyway, join the band, um, moved to London. We rehearsed religiously two or three times a week. Mm. Um, and the guitarist at the time, Terry lived in the same street that I moved into this room share. And so we, and I used to drive to the rehearsals and we just, he would, he was so London, you know, you were talking earlier about New York and upstate New York and new and the accent. There's something about New York, for example, the people talk in a particular way, the, the, the slang, the, the kind of the casual disregard for life. You know, he was kind of like that, not, not as in dangerous, but just like you get on with stuff. You're not precious about things. And, and mm. I was just a kid from the sticks, really very naive. Mm. And those journeys in the car were just so much fun, just mm. feeling that I was arriving in this place and we weren't doing anything at that point, but, Doing nothing in London in music was more exciting than anything I'd ever done when I was doing things in Bristol. So yeah. um, uh, we rehearsed and all the material pretty much on the first album and a little bit of the material on the second album is what we were doing. Um, and to, just to quickly um, get you to the, the point of the story and why I'm no longer in Iron Maiden, we, mm -hmm. um, we did at this really big gig at a venue called the Bridge House in Canning Town. And it just wasn't a great gig for lots of reasons. And for me, I loved the band. And Steve Harris had a vision that we were going to be the cutting edge of new British rock and that we would have a stage show as big as Genesis and we'd be the most famous band in the world. And his vision and his passion uh, was really uh, seductive and exciting. And he was such a nice guy. And I, when I first moved, actually, I stayed with him and his nan for a little while. And we used to just sit looking at records and playing a Genesis record or a Todd Rundgren Utopia record, all these great proggy kind of records going, this is what we're going to do and we're going to be like this. And for me, that was like so exciting. And and absolutely, he was right. From the, from the first second, he had this vision and, and everything that, he believed and the energy of the band would be became so it's just that it didn't feel like it was the right place for a keyboard player mm. you know for me it just it, it you know so i i basically jumped ship i bailed and joined another band um and then they kind of changed the lineup a little bit and paul diano came on as the new singer and uh, adrian and dave murray with the twin guitars which was the sound right back then the sure. harmony twin guitar and you know just jokingly, sort of. I'd like to think that my leaving helped to their their success. Sounds like they it might, did. They might have struggled on with a keyboard player that was wrong, and then the synergy might not have worked for them. Anyway, that that no, that was that the kind of story. Oh uh, yeah, that, makes now sense. we understand why they why people don't see um, uh, keyboard players in Iron Maiden uh, the music that they know of Iron Maiden now because you had left. Well, when exactly. you look at bands like Yes, and you got Wakeman over here with five rows of keyboards here, and then on this side and one in the back, it's like, you know, it's like that's what you're thinking, right? Genesis keyboards, you know, yeah. it's not like, you know, these 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 aren't guitar power bands, and you they figured that out, right, pretty quick. Yeah, and it it it, it worked. You know, it was better for them. It was 
kind of better for me, you know, and we stayed friends. And, you know, I am so, first of all, um, proud that I'm a part of that story. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that, that I played a little role on that journey. And I'm also super proud of everything that they've done. Right. I've been to most of the tours. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, and I'm still a fan, right? Because they do everything that, mm. that they said they were going to do, right? They put on this amazing show. Um, vision, they, they, they fulfilled that dream. Yeah. And they're still doing it. They're right out now on, on a massive tour. I think they're in South Tony, America right now. What keyboard did you pull up with on that audition? <laughs> what was it, man? Do you remember? And yeah, I do. But it was, was it? it was, it was completely wrong for the band. Yeah. It was a, it was a Wurlitzer piano oh, and an ARP axe, which was Love like the it. cut down version of the ARP Odyssey. So I had like a monophonic synth and a piano, oh. right? Great, and not even man. a proper piano sound, you know, a really right. piano sound. So sure. if this had been Steely Dan, I'd have right. been in, right? <laughs> right. Or, 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 or if it was Super Tramp, hello. Oh, right. Yeah. Things. Yeah, but, the logical song. Yeah, exactly. that's right. Makes yeah. Sense All right, Tony, now. we're going we're to go to the phones right now. i got a caller okay. on hold. Um, and uh, it is Jen from Boise. Jen, you're on the air with Tony Moore. Hi, Jen. Hey, what's up? Jen. It's good to I'm speak to you, Jen. Yeah, listen through the phone. Don't listen through the uh, your device. No, no, right I, I, I know. I know. I got to. I, I have to mute the device. I get it. Okay. <laughs> I know. I've, I've done radio before. I'm not trying to give myself some kind of weird vision quest for no reason. <laughs> anyway, Jen, it's good to speak to yeah, you. No, it's funny. It, it, I, same. Listen, uh, I, the way that you were describing, um, you know, London and Bristol, I, I swear I feel the exact same way. Um, I would rather do nothing in New York City than uh, almost anything in Albany. So uh, <laughs> I just want to put that out there as a, as a native New Yorker. I'm just kidding, Amy. I love you. Uh, <laughs> don't listen to me because I'm also the same person who um, was staring at Tony's screen and wondering why he had a serval just chilling there and didn't know it was a, a friggin' filter. Um, also, Tony, I believe it's pronounced Genesis. I don't know if oh, you Genesis. know that or not. Okay. Totally joking. Um, all right, here's my question. It's a it's a weird ass question. I just want to know, like, if there's a song that you love that never ever fails to make you cry, like that just moves you. What and what is it? A, a song that I wrote, or just a song in general? Say that again. Was it either? Either. Well, it's um. There is a song. This this is a, a tricky moment, and I, I don't wish to be um, bring any any uh, negative energy. But I I did lose my mum a few weeks ago, oh, and sorry. I wrote many songs for her, especially in the in the latter part of her years. And this poster here for my show, Awake. She features a lot in there, and there's um there's a few songs that I've written for her that are very difficult for me to sing. It has mm. to be said. But leaving that to one side, there's an artist called Foy Vance, F O Y V A N C E. Foy Vance. He's from from Northern Ireland. He is one of the greatest singers and voices that I know. And although he's not super super famous, uh, lots of people know him and love him because he's a real original and one of his songs is called um, Indiscriminate Act of Kindness. And every time I listen to that song and I watch him perform it, I, I tear up. It's a beautiful song um, and it's a strange song. It, it's the story of 
a drug-addicted prostitute who decides to go cold turkey and has no money and is looking for a place to stay the night and goes to this hotel. And the concierge sees her and says, um, you can stay here and I'll stay with you to look after you. And she says, why would you do that? I'm a stranger. What do you want? He says, I don't want anything, but it's an indiscriminate act of kindness. Mm -hmm. And so he stays with her through the night as she goes, goes cold turkey. But it, even talking to you about it now, I'm getting a few little shivers. It's a yeah. beautiful, beautiful song. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I urge everyone to check out Foy Vance in general, but certainly that song specifically. Absolutely. All right, Jen, thank you for your call. So, Yeah, that's humanity for you right there, buddy. That's incredible. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely amazing. Can't wait to, to check that out later yeah, myself. It, and your, his voice is in, insane. He actually wrote a song. Um, is it um, I'll Carry Your Burden? It, I think it might have been just called Burden. But, but at the CMAs a few years ago, um, uh, Keith Urban had been introduced to the music of Foy Vance and heard that track and covered it. On, on, mm. on the show, right? So in, because he loved it so much. Foy's mm. got that ability to sing a song and touch your soul. Oh, can't wait to hear it. Mm -hmm. That sounds yeah. great, man. Now I was going to say Christmas Shoes. Yes. That song makes me cry every time. I don't know Christmas that song. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really sad song. It oh. is a sad song. So let's How does talk it go? Your... Sing us, sing us a little bit of it. How does Christmas shoes go? Just, I just to refresh my memory. <laughs> Can you just sing right me now. just a little acapella? Go ahead. I, You're I put on the spot now, Lydia. I'm I really to... like to sing, but I'm not going to sing that. Song. No, we're not looking for performance. <laughs> we're just looking for the melody so we know what you're talking about. No. How does it go? No. Christmas shoes. I'm going to cry. I'm going to cry, and I don't want to cry right now. Mm -hmm. It's such okay. a sad song. Christmas it's about shoes. A little boy that's trying to buy a pair of shoes, but he doesn't for his mom, and he doesn't mm -hmm. have enough money. So oh. the guy behind him in line buys the shoes for him. Oh my gosh, he is so sad. She's oh, gonna cry right now. Sad. I'm gonna cry. It's so sad. <laughs> yeah, that is sad. And then, and then his mom, and it... I think his. Yeah, I don't want to say it because Tony just lost his mom. But it's, it's fine. Really don't sad. worry. It's okay. No, his mom ends up dying. Um, so it's really sad. No. It gets me every time. They made a Lifetime mm -hmm. movie about it. Don't tell me it's, they cut it in A minor. They said that's the saddest key of them all. I don't know right? how to read music. <laughs> I don't either. I just heard A minor is me supposed to be the saddest. About that. I'm sure he knows how to read music now. But <laughs> I, 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 I think only in the world of Spinal Tap. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about your journey into Cutting Crew. Um, yeah. How did that transition happen? Oh, well, that was 10 years. I, I, I did a ton of stuff in between. Um, okay. uh, but very briefly, after Iron Maiden, I was in a band with, I joined a band with Brian James, who was the guitarist from The Damned, who were the kind of like the proto-punk band in London, who put out the first two singles ahead of the Sex Pistols, um, a song called Neat, 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 and a song called New Rose. And we got a ton of attention we, we toured opening for Black Sabbath when on the last tour in 80, in 78 before Ozzy left. Uh, we did some amazing stuff. And we were one of those bands that was fated to be successful. Um, 
all the music press would write about us. We had very cool management and it just didn't happen. I don't know why looking mm-hmm. back on it. I've no idea why I, again, you know, I'm, I'm quite a naive person in many ways. I kind of just sail through life. I play my songs, I join bands, do gigs. I, I miss a lot of what's going on around me. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably why I was shocked by your opening half an hour. <laughs> never, never heard talk like that before. <laughs> Not um, even backstage. No, nothing like that. You know, but, you know, if 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 over there was like what I grew up with in Hollywood, like the music industry back in the seventies, sixties, seventies, eighties, you know, even in the early nineties, they had, you know, when there was these industries, they had staff producers. They'd go out and they'd listen to live bands. They'd find people and. There was a lot of guys that never made it, but they had to sign a certain amount. These staff producers, it's not like just, okay, I'm a staff writer. There were staff producers, probably the same thing I would imagine over there. And they would sign bands all the time. And I remember people going, oh, man, my band got signed. Well, these staff producers had to sign a certain amount of people for the record labels, no matter who they were, even the majors, you know. And sadly, you know, a good amount of those are dependent on – Depending on a lot of, you know, you know, big corporate figureheads, like what their idea of what they thought was going to be great or what wasn't. It's like when I got a publishing deal, I'd walk into one place and they'd say, God, I love these three songs here, you know, and if this one sounded like that, and then you go to the other place and they hated the three the other guy liked. And so it was really <laughs> a matter of finding somebody that really just said, OK, I love this and I really want this. And so that's the irony of it all. Right. Like, wow, who's yeah. going to really just, you know, who's going to be the one to bite on this? And even if you get signed, you could be one out of the guys like, you know, six bands that he has to sign for the year. And you could be that one band that just doesn't get the attention. And it could be great, but it's just the, the way that, you know, it's like well, getting audited by the government. Oh, I'm yeah. the lucky guy. The thing went on your <laughs> table today. Well, I think, you know, there's, um, you know, I think that probably still happens to some degree. There, there, there's probably a principle at work of, of if you sign enough things, one will be successful. Yeah. And when that one starts to take off, you put all your focus and attention into that one and mm-hmm. it will be so successful. It will pay for the other five mm-hmm. or other nine or whatever mm-hmm. that weren't successful and who gets shuffled to one side. And at some point after a year or so mm-hmm. don't have their contracts renewed. And, you know, yeah. then you sign another six, eight, ten, And mm-hmm. the one that goes, you put your focus into that. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I'm sure it probably still happens now that there's more music happening now, more bands, more artists than ever. Right. Because mm-hmm. right. we mm-hmm. still have many that have been doing it for many years, like, like us. Um, but then you also have a whole new generation coming through, which, um, and there's only a certain amount of hours on any radio station and any TV show and any wild child's Hollywood program, <laughs> uh, to give attention to it. Right. So, um, Yes. Anyway, um, but it didn't happen. Left that band, joined a progressive rock band called England, did the Rick Wakeman thing, right? Got a ton of keyboards, Hammond, Mellotrons, mm-hmm. Mini Moots, mm-hmm. surrounded by, I'm quite short, actually. I, I know you can't tell because I'm sat down, but mm-hmm. um, if I was standing up, I uh, wouldn't be a lot taller. Um, <laughs> I'm about five foot seven, but I, I was I'm dwarfed. five foot seven. Oh, good. It's a good, a good height to be. Um <laughs> But I was surrounded by so many keyboards, it was hard to see my head kind of, hello. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, how do you think Elton John felt, man? He's a you know, kind of a itty-bitty guy, right? 
Yeah, but well, he just had the piano, just the one grand piano. That's true. And, and side on to the audience so that, you know, you could see his whole profile on the chair uh, and true. often dancing on top of the piano. I mean, Elton in the 70s was quite uh, uh, untamable, wasn't he, as a performer? He was incredible, man. Yeah, um, he was. Yeah, I mean, Captain Fantastic, baby, yeah. man, Yellow Brick Road. <laughs> Good stuff, man. All of it, actually. Um, then I formed my own band in the, in the kind of early eighties called Radio Java and, uh, based around songs that I had written and had a, got a manager and we got a deal and we made an album at Abbey road. And that wow. was the next part of my life that was like, mm. wow. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Right. It's, it's just, there's a few places in the world, right. A few studios that you walk in and you go, oh my God, every single inch of this building has witnessed greatness in action mm -hmm. yeah. and um i hope a little bit of that rubs off on me um yeah. and we and i made an album and we released a single in 83 84 as the ethiopian crisis took root in in um in the world's consciousness and the band-aid single do they know it's christmas mm -hmm. came out which suddenly dominated the charts so our little Christmas mm. song got completely um, lost, although it got picked up by some DJs in Holland on a buying trip when there was no streaming. You'd go and buy records and, and uh, try and find uh, little nuggets, I guess, around the world. And they started playing it on the radio and getting all these requests to hear it again and again. Oh, so, that's cool. So we ended up, I think, being for a short time number one in what they called the tip chart, which is an airplay chart. Um, you couldn't actually buy the record, but based on on performance on the radio, it was ahead of all of the big Christmas songs. So they flew us out to Holland. We were doing all these big shows with all these super famous artists looking at us going, well, well who are they? Uh, why are they number one? We've got the big Christmas song. We're famous. Never heard of this, these, these people. And they're from England and nobody knows them in England. So we had a little taste of success there, which was nice. Um and uh, in the progressive rock band, by the way, with all the keyboards, the bass player in that band was Colin, Colin Farley, who became the bass player in Cutting Crew. And that's kind of how I got involved in Cutting Crew, to get to your, uh, the answer to your question <laughs> eventually. <laughs> now, I well, hadn't forgotten, okay? It was just a circuitous yes. route, right? We're having, sure. You know, it's early, stories are good. It's, it's, it's early in the morning here in London. I'm, you know, I'm... <laughs> My mind is, is wandering. Um, and so Colin said, oh, you know, I'm working with this, this new group and um, we need a keyboard player. And I knew Nick before because he had a band previously called The Drivers who were quite successful in Canada. Um, and they were signed to the same publisher that I was signed to. So we, were, we all kind of knew each other and our careers were overlapping. And um, so I joined the band and it was... Um, you know, an amazing period because it was the eighties, right? Yeah. And the eighties, I, at the time we had no idea how we would look back at the eighties with, with sometimes like, um, uh, uh, horror <laughs> at the music that was made in some instances, but generally speaking at this incredible bombastic gated snare drummed, um, big sh shoulder padded, rolled up sleeve jackets, <laughs> you know, wavy mm -hmm. haired eighties. And it was like a magical time. And that's where Diania, 
came to one of the shows, I think in Maryland. Mm -hmm. And we, you know, we had the number one in America in 87. Um, and we were opening for Starship when Starship had the knee deep in the hoopla album and they were massive. We were open for the bangles, um, who just had, Ma I think manic Monday a little previously to that, which was a big, hit. I remember that one real well. Yeah. Um, we, and we were doing like the, um, Darren, you'll, you'll know these gigs, but like the sheds, um, where the first part was seated and then the second part was lawns going up and, mm -hmm. um, and then a lot of, of, um, fun fairs, like six flags mm -hmm. over America. Uh, we did lots of those in, like in, uh, in Dallas and we did Astro world in, uh, the Astrodome in, in, um, Houston. And it was, you know, I, I can't tell you how exciting as, as some English guys with a hit record it was to be in America at that time. Um, yeah. We, That's we great, did the, man. We did the Johnny Carson show on his birthday mm. and, oh, really? they, they, and we played live, right? This was no, mm. no, nobody did track really back in those days, unless they were completely miming. Right. But, um, it was just, you know, the band, we were really playing and, uh, they guesstimated about 80 million people were going to be watching. David oh, wow. Let Letterman was a guest on the wow. show. Um, some comedian that looked a bit like a football player called Joe something. Um, can't remember. He, it's, it's, I'm sure someone can Google it, but uh, there's some <laughs> video, there's some video of it up there. And uh, we were meant to do two songs died in your arms, which had been the big hit, obviously. And mm -hmm. then the next single been in love before. And, we were behind the curtains and they were at the, the, the commercial break. And suddenly this guy with some headphones around his neck and a clipboard, put his head around the curtain and went, Hey guys, uh, we're running late. We've got to cut one of the songs. You can only do one song. Okay. And we had 30 seconds before they were pulling the curtains back to decide what song to do. Oh, good so Lord. We, we decided we better do being in love before as it would be the new single and we needed the promotion, but mm. all my keyboards, were programmed for Died in Your Arms because that was going to be the first <laughs> song. Oh, wow. So I'm going, I've got to move that over there. Cause, uh, oh, and when you see it, there's a little bit of deer in the headlights about it as well. Okay, we're doing this. It's live. <laughs> That's um, incredible. You know what? That was such a, you know, the 80s, and, you know, I've talked about this before, but it was such a fantastic time because during the 80s, you had like so many different, you know, styles of music that were becoming big. It wasn't just like, you know, 70s classic rock or 50s or 60s music, you know, where you were really pigeonholed into one sound and one thing. I mean, the 80s, you know, you had your hip hop, you had your what we called new wave, right? Cutting group, whatever, yeah. you know, you know, you had metal, you know, you had the glam rock stuff. It was such a great 10 years of music with all these different styles and textures and mixes. And everybody was on the radio with all these different things, you know, and I loved that about the eighties because it was just so that was when things just opened up and it just was like, wow, you know, you weren't just, you know, categorized into this one category. Yeah, yeah. Like mm -hmm. everybody was doing it. Motley Crue, you guys, you know, yeah. whoever, man, metal bands, you know, it was just, you know, new wave, you know, aha. <laughs> <You> know? <laughs> You know, you know, all that as as you yeah. described that, Darren, I, I was thinking it it's strange how every decade has a sound. So the fifties, mm -hmm. you you hear a fifties track, and you, it's got to be the fifties, right? Had yeah. to be. And and I guess there was a kind of overlap as the fifties was just becoming a bit more sophisticated, and people were trying different things. 
mm-hmm. it becomes the 60s. But suddenly, the 60s doesn't sound like the 50s at all. Mm-hmm. And then the 70s sounds like the 70s, not the yeah. 60s. Right. And then the 80s bleeds into the 90s and, and the whole Nirvana kind of grungy, yeah. shoegazy stuff of the 90s has a sound. And it's, I, I, it's weird that it's 10 years, right? It's weird that it's not like 1993 and it's still 80s-y. It's, yeah. It almost right. seems to run to the end of the decade as if right. there's some, some grand plan behind it all. It was. Yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. I remember I had a roommate, and he worked at a publishing company, and we were, you know, we were writing songs for, you know, all the pop people in Los Angeles at the time, whatever it was, Cher, you know, Michael Bolton, mm-hmm. you know, we were trying to get Chicago, trying to get something on any record we could. That, And uh, he came home to my uh, apartment. We were roommates, and he threw Pearl Jam down. Uh, he threw down Nirvana and um, Soundgarden. And, wow. and he goes, he said to me, he goes, you, you see these three CDs? He goes, these are going to change music forever. And I thought, oh, bullshit, man. I've grown up with the David Fosters <laughs> and all the, the big pop bands. And I'm thinking, oh, I could see it be cool. And I listened to it and I thought, oh, okay, man, you know, it's a little spin off some stuff from like classic rock with a new twist and all this. But I never would have imagined he was absolutely right because I had a, sh- a song that I wrote on Chicago 21. And it was called If It Were You. And, well, I'll tell you what, that was supposed to be one of their up-tempo. They wanted to release something up-tempo after all the 80s ballads. And so my song was the one. And I was like, everybody's like, yeah, they're going to release If It Were You because it was the, we're going to do something up-tempo because we got these other bands coming out. We're going to try something different. And then, you know, and next thing you know, those freaking three guys just destroyed <laughs> years of music. And yeah. it was it, man. My song never got released as a single, and it was supposed to be. And it just changed it forever. But, you know, it's okay, man. I mean, you know, and I'm friends with Pete Cornell, man. You know, uh, right. uh, he, he's here in in, uh, in in Nashville here. And so we become buddies and stuff. I mean, he's quite a musician himself. And, uh, you know, obviously a big loss for him, his brother, you know, but yes. um, with Chris. But, yeah, these guys, man, they changed it. They changed it. Yeah. And you're right. It's 10 years to the, t- to the team, man. It's bizarre. <laughs> Tony, I think we. Sh- I think everybody wants to hear your music. What do you guys think? Well, I'm I'm happy to play you a tune live if you would like that. Absolutely, I would. Okay, so I'm armed with a, a white acoustic guitar here to match the uh, very chilled room that I'm in, and uh, I'm going to play you a song. It's the, it's the closing track of my Awake project, which if we have a few minutes to talk about as well. I'd love to explain, but um. The track is called It's Not Over, and this kind of this song came um, like lots of songs um, come sometimes, like almost ready formed. It just arrived in my head, and I thought, I, I, I've, I'm at a point in my life where I've done a lot of things, but there's still so much I want to do. And for me, it's not over. Um, so this is kind of a, a bit of um, a motto for life, as well as a, a bit of um, digging into my own career. Anyway, I'm going to put the reverb on. Hello. There we go. Mm. And uh, this is called It's Not Over. many lifetimes I've walked many roads I've 
I've had my chances, but I've blown them all. God knows I've often been foolish, occasionally wise. But timing's everything you gotta realize. The moment when it comes, opportunity that knocks. The door that starts to open when you see there are no locks. It's held over till the final curtain calls. Till the last song has been sung and the velvet starts to fall. It's not over if there's breath within your bones. While there's words upon your tongue, there's still so much left to be done. It's not over. It's not over. I've learned many lessons. I've seen many signs. I've fallen so often that I've lost track of the times. But here I am standing. Stronger than stone, I carved my life in rock and roll. It's all I've known. The moment when it comes, opportunity that knocks, the door that starts to open when you see there are no locks. It's not over till the final curtain calls, till the last song has been sung. And the velvet starts to fall. It's not over if there's breath within your bones. While there's words upon your tongue, there's still so much left to be done. 'Cause it's not over till the final curtain calls. Till the last song has been sung. The velvet starts to fall. It's not over if there's breath within your bones. While there's words upon your tongue, there's still so much left to be done. It's not over. It's not over. It's not over. It's not over. Well, it's not over. My goodness, man! What wow, textures, great dude. song, Tony. That was awesome. Yeah, it's an incredible song. But you know, me as a musician, man, I'm listening to the textures of your voice, man. You know, going through your you know sections, and it's like freaking incredible, man. So really beautiful, man. You have a, such a great tone to your voice, and I'm glad I got to really listen to that and uh, experience that. That was incredible, man. Really, honestly, I'm, I'm touched and and blessed to be able to do this and and share yeah. a little of my music with you guys because you know there's uh, there's a, I'm watching a lot of talent on this screen in front of me. So yes, <laughs> thank you for welcoming me into your into your uh, your creative boudoir. I have one oh, request for you. Can you sure. are are you prepared? Can you do a little bit of "I Just Died in Your Arms Tonight"? Sure, I'll do. I I'll do, that. A, I'll do a little. And then bit. we're going to have Roger sing one of the verses along <laughs> with you. So, 
That should be fun. So, <laughs> okay, yeah. here we go. <laughs> Keep on looking for something I can't get. Broken hearts lie all around me, and I don't see an easy way to get out of this. The diary, it sits on the bedside table. The curtains are closed, the cat's in a cradle. And who would have thought that a boy like me could come to this? Oh, I. I just died in your arms tonight It must have been something you said I just died in your arms tonight Oh, I I just died in your arms tonight It must have been some kind of kiss I should have walked away I should have walked Away. Teresa Sabin said it right. Wow. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Fascinating. Really. That was really great. Incredible, man. You know, I see you playing these chords, you know, and you just hear these melodies and you're just going, man, that's what's so great about music is like we've all played these chords, but to be able to. You know, the, the, like you said earlier, some of that stuff just flows out of you, man. It's like, you know, you could be stuck on something for freaking weeks sometimes. And then like, God, man, you know, and then something just comes out of you. But it's just crazy. Just watching those chords and that, you know, just going, okay, oh, wow, that was interesting how I went to that chord. And <laughs> and then you start picking it apart because you didn't write it. You know what I mean? When you, when you yeah. like something, you start looking at it a little bit closer. That is wild, man. That was great. I mean, I never really looked at it that closely before but listening to that melody and watching those chords and going wow as a musician that was really cool man thank you and well listen you know from your uh, background and your family and your experience that's extremely high praise indeed and i and i um i take that uh, uh, very uh, very deeply and gratefully thank you oh man are you kidding yeah it's a gift for you brother man you can't help it you know but yeah. you're welcome you know what, Tony? We're going to bring our next guest on because I know he had some questions for you as well. Um, usually we just go out of one guest to the next, but he's like, I need to talk to Tony. <laughs> so, yes, let's go ahead and bring him on here. Um, we've got uh, Storm and Norman Voss, the bass player of the Brett, um, Brett Michaels band. Hello, Norman. Hello, hello. Can you hear me? We can. Or see me? Can't see can't. you. You are the mystery man. Yeah, you look like a little white circle with a man's head in the middle there. <laughs> that was cool. I thought I was tripping or something. I was like, whoa, look at that. There, there he is, is again. Yeah. Look at that. Some, something's happening. No, oh. I, I'm just trying to I'm stopping my cam, starting my cam. Oh, well. We can hear you. Okay. Why don't you log back out and log back in? Okay. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll wait. You were, I can see you in the green room. I just can't see you on the screen. While he does that, can we hear about awake? Oh yes, good idea. So twin, so basically twin, just at the beginning of nineteen uh, twenty twenty, um, my mum, who was getting was about eight, uh, I guess eighty nine at that time, um, sadly developed quite bad dementia and became bedridden and 
then that kind of rolled almost immediately into the lockdown. So I moved in to be her primary carer and look after her. And she looked after me as a kid and had encouraged me. And I, you know, I love her very much. So we weren't going anywhere, right? None of us on the entire planet was really going anywhere. So I moved in with her and I set up all my equipment in her great big shed in the back garden. And uh, I decided uh, on March the 24th that I would do a live stream every night because you might remember at the very beginning, we were told that uh, the lockdown was going to be to uh, ease the uh, curve, flatten the curve. I think they said. Yeah. Two weeks. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Lydia. Right. So I thought I'll do a live show every night for two hours um, for two weeks. I can do that. I mean, that's like 14 shots. Easy. Right. So I set up in the shed with a bit of green screen and all my keyboards around me and, And I did the first show and it was great. And, you know, the beginning of that lockdown, it was like having a snow day, if you know what that that feels like, when suddenly, uh, because a big heavy load of snow arrives, no one's going anywhere. You can't go to school. Um, Everything's a bit different. It's like an enforced holiday. And so you kind of enjoy the fact that everything's a bit weird and nobody expects you to be anywhere. And I I managed to do two hours and, and built this beautiful little community that grew the program was called Right Here with Tony Moore. And I'd have a little interview section in the middle. I had some great friends helping me. But after two weeks, we were still at it, right? So I went, well, I'll do another week. Long story short, I did, I think, 110 straight shows of two hours every single night without a break. And, of course, if you're a musician on tour and you do 110 dates, you play the same songs to different audiences. But when you do 110 shows as a musician, you have to change the songs, so I was learning about 10 songs a day <laughs> to do wow. this show. Anyway, long, uh, at the end of the, the year, as I was coming to the next year, I, I wrote this piece of music called Awake, which was nine minutes long and had lots of guitar solos. And as I was saying earlier, I'm not one to be known for playing lead guitar. I kind of kept that well hidden for many years because I was never very confident. But I suddenly started playing lead guitar. And I put this piece on Facebook called Awake with a little bit of thing that's kind of in the mood of pink floyd a bit or a bit genesis-y you know quite proggy and everyone loved it and sending all these amazing comments and i was getting thousands of views and i thought actually this could be the opening track of a concept album so i gave myself two months february to, and march to write this whole album and it's really it's about 2020 my experiences um my thoughts my observations it's about my mum getting dementia and her journey of life. And it's really about me looking at my life and going, have I done what I want to do? And the answer is no. At 13 years old, I wanted to do my show with my songs and to be as big as Genesis and have a stage show that the whole world knew. And although I've worked with these incredible bands and, and been blessed to have been part of so many great journeys, I hadn't done that for me yet. So that was what the show was, the, the album was about. And when I finished it, as we kind of came out of the lockdown, I, I knew it had to be a show because it's 17 tracks and an hour and 45 minutes long. And I created this show, which is all projection and very immersive, still one man, but it's like going to Cirque du Soleil meets War of the Worlds meets mid-70s Elton John meets Alice Cooper meets Pink Floyd meets Genesis meets Tony mm. Moore. And, um, and that's the last track of the show and of the album uh, that I played, which is it's not over because 
It's mm. a, it's like a, a circle that goes around and starts again for me. So I'm about to start this whole music career again. That's what Awake's about. I'm on a mission to bring it to the world now. So um, watch out. Uh, Awake's on its way. Incredible, man. You got all, a lot of lists of all the greatest <laughs> keyboard players there, piano players. You left Leon Russell out, but oh. he's one of my guys. Uh, that, that that guy influenced so many you could, people. You, could, you couldn't mention them all. I'm just giving you a little <laughs> being funny, but yeah. I know. Well, I think it was because he was wearing a masquerade, and I didn't recognize yeah. him. Can you imagine? He wrote that, for, and George Benson cut that. Man, that was like, yeah. most people don't even know that, that, that Leon Russell wrote that song. Well, he's an amazing writer. Incredible, man. Yeah. Norman, anyway, how are you doing? Hey, doing Storming. Hear me now? I mean, we can hear you just fine and see you just fine. So, so you had some questions you had for Tony. Hi, Norman. Hey, Tony. Uh, the music was great. I really loved it. You know, uh, when Roger, just as an aside real quick, when Roger first called me, I think it was on August 3rd or so. And sadly, my mother passed away on August 1st. So he oh, said, Tony might not sorry. be able to make it because Tony's mom just passed away. I go, wow, that is a weird coincidence because my mom just passed away. Anyway. It was the day before July 30th my mom passed. Right, uh, right. So I, I, I send you love and light, Norman. I, we, we know the journey we're on, right? Right, exactly. Exactly. We were both very close, also lived uh, very near each other. So uh, anyways, uh, but uh, I wanted to, uh, I read something about cutting crew playing, like being the first Western band to play in Taiwan. Yeah, so the story of that is actually we were the second Western band, but the first Western band to play for an audience that was allowed to dance. So the, the first band was Miami Sound Machine, uh, who'd come in a few months earlier. But this was 87, and um, Taiwan and Taipei were opening up because, uh, without going into great detail of, of the um, uh, Chiang Kai-shek march to freedom and... Uh, establishing, you know, Taiwan and destroying all culture, right? You know, destroying sculptures, burning paintings, banning singing and dancing and music. I mean, I, I got a little sense of that in 2020 because, you know, we were not allowed to do the things that make life worth living, right? Which is the beautiful art of creativity to be shared and to be enjoyed. That was denied us. And... Then we went into this strange world where, you know, you couldn't, uh, you know, if, it, if there was a, 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 a restaurant and you had some live music, um, that you had to stand a certain distance away from people or, and the audience were not allowed to sing along with you just in case somebody accidentally spat something that could kill you. Mm. I mean, very scary stuff. I, I don't want to get into the, the rights and the wrongs of it all, but the concept of not being allowed to sing legally, mm. right? suddenly made me think about that Taiwan trip and how when we arrived, we played in this basketball arena, uh, a, a very big arena, I think 60,000 people. There's, there's footage on YouTube. If you Google Cutting Crew Taiwan, you can see it. Um, and this audience were just going crazy because they'd never been allowed to stand up and dance. Mm -hmm. And that was just overwhelming for me at the time. I just, and I have to tell you at the end, we were playing with an audience behind us as well because they filled every seat. At the end of the show, we came back out again and all the band ran up to the front to, you know, to wave at the audience and say thank you and everything. And, and I kind of thought, well, my keyboards are towards the back. I'll, I'll go and, and 
kind of say thank you to the people behind us. Don't want to ignore them. And there was this rubber matting across the floor and we'd had smoke machines that were oil based and the oil had got on the rubber matting. So as I ran back in this fit of rock stardom, <laughs> my pink satin jacket, my feet went out from underneath me completely. I went on my back and slid along this floor, staring up at these bemused people looking down at me. And the rest of the band were looking around going, well, where's Tony? Is he still in the dressing room? Where, why isn't he? Where's he gone? Um, anyway, that was Taiwan. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's... <laughs> oh, God. That is... That, that really will straighten you out right there, though, that story. I mean, that's like, mm -hmm. wow, man, we take a lot for granted, don't we? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, Power of music to change the world, though. It's true. <laughs> and that's why it's dangerous, right? That's why it was banned, because arts and music can make you change the way you think and feel. And that's a powerful weapon that we all wield if we use it wisely. And, it um, really does, though. Yeah. Music has gotten me through like some of the darkest times of my life. I think we all resort to music. I feel you like know, I just when the tone down. <laughs> <laughs> now Sorry. we didn't know if you were finished. <laughs> yeah, we always resort to music, you know, for different moods in our lives. You know, you know, if it's in good mood, you want to dance or whatever. You're upbeat, having a good time. But even even in the sad times in our life, we just want to listen to a sad song. It just makes us feel. It allows us to, the emotions to come out. And sometimes we need that release of emotion. Sometimes, and music does that. It you know, it sparks that for us, ignites it. You know. Like, what song ignites it for you, buddy? What's the one for you? I'm just curious. I just died in my arms tonight. In your arms tonight. <laughs> in my arms. Right, right. In your, in your I arms, I just died Darren. in my arms tonight. It's like, <laughs> that was good. I love it, man. And the guy's sober. Tony Moore, Tony Moore thank you so much. I mean, you have been uh, such okay. a Tony Moore. I know that. You know, I just, you know, your stories and, 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 and your journey is such amazing. And um, just, you know, listening to your voice and your music, it's, you know, such a great inspiration for a lot of artists out there that, you know, and honestly, I'm really blessed to be able to have you on our show today. So thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, Roger. Thank you, Darren. Thank you, yes, Lydia. Yeah. Thank you, Stormin Norman Voss. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, I was watching some of the videos w when you were, uh, as you're working with Brett and doing an amazing job, man. I, 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 I read the story of all of that. It, what a, what a, a great gig and what a wonderful story. And um, you know, you, you, you're, you're doing the things. Right? We're all doing the things that we love to do. So um, anyway, it's a great pleasure to have met you all. Uh, one day too, maybe buddy. I'll meet meet you all at some point in the flesh. Uh, yeah. My my long term plan. Awesome is eventually to bring the awake show i it's been in london for a year now I, I do it twice a month and it's always full but in a, a smallish venue um but uh, i've got some promoters that i'm talking to about building it to the next level and when i get it to the states i will let you guys know and um please do yes i love that yeah hey just know one thing man yep as incredible as your music's been as incredible as your story's been, man, your spirit's bigger than all of it, dude. Absolutely. You're an incredible Thank person, you. man. I, I swear, I'm not just saying that to you, man. I, I feel that about you, man. And, you know, all the accolades and everything. Okay, wonderful, man. But you just, you've come off like something that I just, has filled my heart tonight way beyond the music, buddy. Thank well, you. 
then then thank you um, for allowing me to, uh, to to join you and be a part of this. And uh, I've had a great fun, and um, uh, I probably ought to go to bed after this. I've got uh, yes, you should. Two, yeah, two it's shows tomorrow. But it's only three thirty. Exactly, it's only three. That's I've got all. at least another hour to go. <laughs> I need to write a song now. Yeah, right. He's going to write Tony. a song about this experience and be like, exactly. oh, I'm never right. going to Cliche. talk Cliche, shut up. <laughs> it was really great getting to talk to you, Tony. Thank yeah, you so much. Yeah, it's lovely to speak to you, Lydia. And uh, I, I, lo I love Albany. It's a great, it's a great place. I, I, when I'm, I often, when I'm in New York, I stay up near Saratoga on, on Lake Sakandaka. Oh, okay, um, awesome. And, uh, and uh, exit 97.7. Uh, I think is a the big a big PBS radio station down there. I've done lots of things on there with with Chris and Joyce, Jackie, and I have a lot of love for Albany. It's been a it's been kind to me over the years. Yay! <laughs> anyway, I leave you guys to talk. Enjoy the rest of the show. Enjoy. And get some you. sleep, Tony. All right. Thanks a lot. See you later. <laughs> Peace. All right. So that was Tony Moore. Norman's in the house. Norman, Storm how are you doing, brother? Doing great, doing great. Glad to be here. I appreciate you being patient backstage. I enjoyed it all. No, that was great. Tony has a new fan right here. I I, I never knew of him, never knew about him. So then, I, but then when I heard he was on the show, I looked him up, and boy, just right there in his bedroom, <laughs> made me a new fan. That was awesome. I think a lot of people, man. You're right. Can't uh, wait to go check him out afterwards and listen to all that stuff he's talking about. Incredible. Yeah. What a yeah. what a beautiful tone to that guy's voice too. Huh? Right? I could listen to him talk all night. Yeah. Well, I wasn't But now to I get that. to listen to Norman. <laughs> yeah. Listen to Norman. <laughs> Norman. Norman, Norman, come out to play. Like the Warriors. Norman, come out. Which is what, you know, it just makes me think of Psycho, which is one of my favorite horror films. So You like that? Ah. Yeah. Yeah, you so. want to know what my uh, favorite horror film is? Yes, I do. It is House That Eats Flesh and Reunion oh. from Hell 2. You yeah, did me up! <laughs> Just kidding, actually. But <laughs> oh, my God! No, I just looked you up while we were talking. But uh, Hey, good for you. I, I, that's awesome, you know? I thank you. My biggest horror film that I loved was Jaws. I'm just kidding. <laughs> They're showing it on IMAX this weekend. Yours? Jaws. Oh, Jaws. Jaws. My films aren't out yet. When are they coming out? When are they coming out soon? Not soon enough. I have one short that's on YouTube called Kiss Me Judas, but that's it. So, Norman. Yes. What's your go-to bass, dude, like on the road? What, what, what do you love to play? Well, you know, what's interesting is that uh, when I joined Brett Michaels, he had Eric Brittingham from Cinderella as his bass player. Hmm. And what happened was he uh, he sort of uh, stepped down. He, he thought he had COVID, so he stepped down on a Tuesday and they had a show on a Friday. So uh, I flew out to Oregon to uh, fill in and I didn't even I didn't bring a bass or anything. But they told me, I say, don't worry, Eric has. So Eric Brittingham's bass is a dean. Oh, and okay. still now, a year later, I play Eric Brittingham's bass because they said, hey, you can get your own bass now. You even get a, your own Dean, get your own endorsement or whatever. And I was like, no, I'm playing. I was a big Cinderella fan. I was going to say, was that like a little freak out <laughs> moment for you? Because yeah, I know right. I would kind of like freak out a lot. Wow. I'd fangirl. 
Exactly, exactly. And Eric, so now he sent me a message saying, listen, use all my stuff, change it up if you want, whatever you want to do, treat it as your own. So I said, oh, that's awesome. So he has a real, he hangs his face really low and it's still, and I don't hang it really low, but I still hang it really low. So I'm not <laughs> changing right. anything. Is yeah. so he going direct or does he go through amp? You go through an amp? Yeah, yeah, yeah the amp peg. Oh, okay. Like an SVT or is it something different? Well, you know what, actually, what's interesting is that it's different wherever, you know, the back line is wherever city is in, they're providing it. Right? Oh, okay. We're every, so in the last year, I joined a year ago, and so far, we have been fly-ins for every show we've done. We haven't That's really incredible. had, yeah, just the basses, guitars, and some of the, uh, you know, everything else, the instrument, uh, the amps and drums are always uh, back line. You know, it's incredible, though. I swear to God, man. I mean, any Ampeg amp I've ever plugged into, even if it's a little 20-watt practice amp, sounds freaking killer, dude. I've yeah. never heard an Ampeg amp that sounded shitty ever. <laughs> I mean, there's lots of lines of bass amps out there, and you're like, okay, I'm going to get this one, or I'm going to get that one. And But I have never, I've yet to hear even a practice amp in Ampeg sounds beautiful, full, and freaking cuts, man. It's I, they're still like this, the gold standard man of maps. I'm sorry. Totally. Yeah. I don't know. I have any clue what you guys are talking about. <laughs> you know, you know I mean, you know, we played yeah. all the, we played them all. And you know what? That's the one. And it doesn't even have to be the SVT. It doesn't have to be that big old monster. I mean, there's like, you know, compacts and, you know, bigger than sound incredible these days. Mm -hmm. You know, Norman, we met um, this summer um, when you were performing in Boise, Idaho, with the Brett Michaels band, and I'm, yes. I'm like, I'm like get, trying to get your attention back. Um, in, at the end of the concert, you're in the back over there and can't doing t-shirts and all that other stuff, and trying to get people for raffles, and and I'm like, hey. I'm with Roger the Wild Child Show. And you're like, uh-huh, okay, okay. That's cool. That's cool. Hey, do you guys want a shirt? You guys want this? You want that? I'm like, hey, listen, I want to let's let's get out, let's get you on the show or let's get yeah. Brett on the show. And like, all right, let's exchange information. And so finally you're like doing that and trying to deal with the crowd. But like I gotta say, you got you're a great sport, man. I'm glad that we connected and uh, to actually make this happen here. And now Definitely. look, you're actually on the show. Exactly. He's a, and he's a merch expert, man. You see, he's out there <laughs> handling the merch. That's right. On the road too. He's a bass player slash merch pusher. Exactly. Playing yeah. it all. Yeah. You know the funny thing is that I actually live streamed that show from the Roger the Wild Child page. The whole concert, the last I checked, was one hundred and thirty-seven thousand views. Yeah, it's amazing. Wow. That was crazy. I was just like, it just kept going viral, 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 and I was like, you know, like a couple of days later, I'm like, whoa, the numbers were just so jumping, and I'm like. People are still sharing this and viewing it. And to this day, people are still commenting on the on the stream. And I'll reshare it later today after the show so that everybody can see it. But yeah, yeah great concert, man. I mean, that was a wild night because uh, the storm that came up, you know. Yes. Uh, yep. At the very end there. Boom. Yeah. Such strong winds. And I thought we were just going to have to stop right there. But we were on our last song. So it worked out perfect. But uh, yeah, it, it worked rain perfectly. And wind came and wow. Yeah. So how did you connect with Brett? So Brett, um, his band, his solo band, is sort of run by the guitar player, Pete Evick. He's been playing with Brett for 20 years now. And so Brett, I'm sorry, Pete is from Manassas, Virginia. I'm from Fredericksburg, Virginia, and I've known Pete for about 18 years. And so last summer, last spring, 
Pete Evick has his own solo band and he was playing a wedding and he said, Hey, my guitar player can't play this wedding. Who should I get to play the wedding? And he named two guys. And I just said, neither of them. You should have me play your wedding. <laughs> he goes, wow. Okay. He goes, well, listen, I, here's all the songs. He gave me like 24 cover songs. I learned about, I love to learn songs. I love to e have to ear the songs, you know, it just brings me back to my teenage years of earing a song to learn it, you know? And then I said, Hey, how about let's play some of your originals? He's like, what? You want to play? I said, sure. I'd love to learn them. So he sent me a dozen originals to learn. I learned them all. And so after this, after this wedding we did, he goes, man, I put my guitar down. I, I knew I could trust you. You learned everything so well. I was so impressed. And that was in May. And so needless to say, then August comes by and he calls me. Uh, just a quick funny story is that uh, I have my home band, Storm and Norman band. And we were, it was a Tuesday afternoon. It was a year ago, actually, last Tuesday. And my book booking agent calls me and said, listen, uh, the show this Friday is canceled. And I go, wow, that, what, what happened? He goes, yeah, the club just doesn't like you. I was like, oh, oh wow. Who That's wouldn't a, like you? Right? right. That's a downer. Do you so want me to go fight them? Because I will. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's all good. You know, it's funny. So I hang up. I said, oh, okay. That's cool. I hang up the phone and I'm, I'm just thinking like, you know what? Maybe I'm done playing. Why am I still doing this? And still, 30 seconds later, I'm holding my phone and the phone rings. I look at it and it's Pete Evick. I answer and I go, hey, Pete, what's up? He goes, what are you doing Friday? I go, nothing now. And he goes, you want to play? <laughs> You want to play in Oregon? I said, in Oregon? With who? He goes, with Brett Michaels. I said, I do now. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, and by the way, so I was a lead guitar player for when I played with Pete and went with my own band. But mm -hmm. I played bass in different bands also. So uh, it just really was a thing to, in my mind when I look back on my life of just to, you know, network, to be able to take Try to impress people, and you never know what will happen. I know he was the guitar player for Brett Michaels' band. I, of course, I'm going to learn all the songs he wants me to learn to impress him. And mm -hmm. again, that was then in the right place in the right time. Yeah, so, there you uh, go. Yeah, Everything right. happens for a reason. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So we've played now probably the last year, thirty or forty shows. I'm not really sure even, but it's it's usually always every Friday we're. I'm, we're flying out. And by the way, so the uh, the Barrett Michaels band is I've known the drummer for about we're all from Virginia. I've known it's the, a uh, it's a it's a girl drummer. Uh, I forget her drummer, name. Mary. Mary. Yeah. Mary. I've known her for 25 years. Also, Quite contrary. Known, yeah, she is. <laughs> and I know the keyboard player from high school. So wow. everyone but Brett Michaels, I've known forever. So it was very comfortable getting, mm -hmm. you know. I wasn't, there was no nerves at all. And, uh, and Brett was so not, you know, he's very outgoing. He's very nice. He's very welcoming, took all the nerves away, you know, cause uh, pretty quick we were there in front of, I think the first show was 8,000 people. Two weeks later, it was 20,000 people. And we've also done 40,000. So wow. uh, he brings them in. <laughs> yeah, he does. He's got that stadium tour going on right now too. And that's also bringing them all in. I know that's like sixty-five, seventy thousand a night. Yeah, that's huge. Crazy. I think he's like in Seattle this weekend or something. Tonight, right? tonight yeah. he's in Seattle, which is so funny because next week we're playing in Spokane, Washington. So he's going right back to Washington after the, you know. And you're only six hours from Boise, you know. So if you guys yeah. want to run through Boise real quick, right. we can do a little, you know, acoustic session with Brett, you know, for yeah. one night. We'll do it at Jen's venue here in um, in Boise. 
I'm sure she'll it. open the doors for it. <laughs> and I'll be in West Virginia next week. Cool. You filming or what? I'm filming a movie, yeah. Awesome. Nothing like West Virginia to film a horror flick. Looks right? Like- <laughs> <laughs> That's amazy. Nice little so what's, um, drive. So besides, you know, with, with Brett, are you still doing your other work right now too? Yeah, yeah. I actually, I work for the Marine Corps. Uh, it's another sort of COVID story is what I was able to do this because the last two years I sort of been working from home. So they were mm-hmm. used to not seeing me. And I, I didn't really take any leave in the last two years. So now I'm just more of a, a still working from the road, working from mm-hmm. hotel rooms and uh, also or taking leave if I'm flying during the day kind of thing. So it just sort of all worked out. Thank you for your service. Absolutely. Well, I've never actually I've never been oh. uh, in. The, I have always been a civilian uh, working for either the Marine Corps or the Navy. Yeah. But still, you're still serving. You're working for the country. So, you know, yeah. thank you. Yeah, I've been doing it since high school. Actually, it's crazy. Have you? Yeah, so I might be retiring from that this uh, January. We'll see. <laughs> Hopefully, because <laughs> then also because this the stadium tour is ending next week, and every time they had a day off from the stadium tour, Brett would book a date for us. I think their last tour is in Las Vegas, isn't it? It's Las Vegas on the eighth yeah. or ninth next week. Over at Allegi- Allegiant Stadium. Right. Yeah. So I think it's on the ninth. So we're playing on the eighth in Spokane. He's having the last night of the tour on the ninth in Las Vegas, and then we're playing on the tenth in Texas. Wow! So he, like back to back for him. Yeah. And then we're we're on the road for the next month. It, it, yeah. He he does not. He's like James Brown, businessman and show business. You know, does not quit. So uh, yeah. Next. I month got a question for you, man. Yeah. <clears throat> so growing up, West Virginia, right? Virginia. Virginia. Yeah. Who are the guys that got you motivated, man, and excited about playing guitar or bass? Who are your guitar guys and who are your bass guys that got you the most excited? When I was in high school, it was, funnily enough, I should have told Tony Moore, is that it was Iron Maiden and Judas Priest. That was just a young, heavy metal man. Yeah, yeah. And Steve Harris, of course, (laughs) on bass. He's still the best, you know, to me. And so. uh, Awesome. But a UFO, I was a big UFO fan back then. Just. Just mm, I remember the, that. uh, that's funny that I say UFO Judas Priest Iron Maiden. So all the new w- wave of British heavy metal in a sense, or at least all yeah. the stuff from England. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And guitar playing, who were the guitar- same thing, kind of just a mix of those same kind of bands. Michael right? Shanker from UFO, Ted mm-hmm. Nugent, you know, yeah. just all the Eddie Van Halen when he came, you know, of yeah. course ruled, you know. I I looked a lot like Eddie Van Halen back then, actually. Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> that's great man yeah i love all that stuff don't we have ted nugent's drummer coming on pretty soon uh yes we do um he'll be coming on on the 21st with actor eric roberts who will, mm. who will be on the show with us um wow. same episode so awesome. yeah so that's, that's going to be a fun one you guys want to mark definitely on your calendar for sure yeah yeah it was funny is that uh in uh i've just put out a video last week and it's a me playing Poison, Talk Dirty to Me, in 1987. I was uh, just turned 21, I believe. Yeah, just turned 21. And so the video goes for me. I'm playing in this tiny little bar with my local <laughs> band. Place is packed. I always was proud. Like, back then, I was like, I'm a rock star. This place is packed. <laughs> yeah, man. Playing you were. Poison. 
But the video goes from me playing it in 21 years old, 1987, to playing it in 2021 with Brett Michaels on this huge stage. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's so true. it really is a, it's a great, and the video is such an epitome of your dreams coming true. Who would true. have thunk, right? You, you never so. knew you would, you know, back then be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be on stage with Brett Michaels. Yeah, whatever. If someone told uh, you that, you'd be exactly. like, okay. Never. Can't yeah. plan that. I, I, I have better odds just, you know, betting on the lottery here, on, on the Powerball. But, <laughs> right, <you know>. right. <laughs> So you never know that. That's the, that's the story. You, know, you never know what may happen in your life, you know, especially since well, I thought I was going to quit music. And 30 seconds later, uh, this new door opened up, you know. Yeah. So, at the 11th crazy. hour, man. Look yeah, at that. Exactly. That's crazy. But, you know, most things happen that way, you know, for most people. It doesn't even have to be in the music business, but... You know, it's it's interesting, you know, what, you know, just can come around the corner. And it's and the things that are big that happen to people, um, they're always a surprise, you know. I mean, people, you know, try and plan out their lives and careers. And it's good to have some ideas, possibly. And it's good to have some sort of goals and things like that. But, I mean, you know, I've, I've started many businesses in my life. People are like, wow, did you write a business plan? I'm like, hell no. I was too fucking stupid to write one of those. I just went <laughs> for it, man. You know, and they things worked out. Man. And if they weren't working out, I was bobbing and weaving really quick to make them work out. You know, and then, you know, because I never would have gotten anything done if I would have written out a business plan. I mean, you know, you're kidding. I don't even know my times tables, man. I'm going to write a business plan. <laughs> I'm not joking, man. I'm not kidding. So, you know, it's weird, you know, just you're right. Just keeping your feet moving and, you know, those doors are going to pop open one way or another, yeah. you know, and they do yeah. somehow. Yeah. 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 I've always had the attitude of just to have fun was the most important thing. Mm. And uh, it's because a lot of players that I've played with always got a little too serious. We got to mm. make it. And then once you're not going to make it, then we quit kind of thing. Let's break oh. up. Or, yeah. And then I started actually just playing with close friends. I actually my wife played with me for a while. She played bass. Oh, I really? Play bass. Yeah. So it's a and musical then, uh, marriage. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I not I a Rocky her. marriage. It's a musical marriage. Right. <laughs> she, uh, As we were talking our, about earlier, with like <laughs> our nineteenth anniversary was yesterday. But well, uh, congratulations. 20, thank you, thank you. Twenty years ago, she met me playing. I was playing out. And I quickly realized, I said, you know, you're going to get sick of coming out to see me all the time. I got to get you involved. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I'm going to have you play bass. And three weeks later, she was my bass player. She learned 36 songs. I had the notes. On oh, her. wow. I put my foot on the notes. What note to play. <laughs> 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 she did great. Yeah. That That's is awesome, so cool. Man. Yeah, love That's it. great. Nothing. There's something about girl bass players too man you know you don't see a lot of them man so it's pretty cool you know your daughter's a bass player darren she is but she's a chef so you know i mean everybody <laughs> in my family's a bass player but uh, you know uh yeah my my dad was just we were in my basement here man and it was great because all of us were here and um we were just down here just everybody was trading off you know grabbing the bass and lauren she grabbed it man and it's funny because she is powerful as my brother is, has been, you know, with Chicago and playing bass and, you know, the whole thing. You got Jerry Chef, Riders on the Storm, L.A. Woman guy, man, who's sitting there watching you. And my daughter, man, she's funny how she, her genes, man, just she comes out and plays like all of his parts, like L.A. Woman, Riders on the Storm, but has the most nuances of what. And, you know, we're all great bass players in this family. Mm -hmm. 
But there's something that she's got, man. It's just this crazy little thing, man. And she digs in. She's not like some little lightweight girl trying trying to play bass, man. She's like really getting into that thing. So, yeah, she's she's awesome with that. She's been doing some gigs lately, and people have been hiring her. And so That's it's good. pretty cool. You know who Cher yeah. Ross is? Bass player Cher Ross. She's uh, with v- Vixen. Oh, the old girl band, Vixen. Yes, yeah. yes. And now, yes, I know her, and I've met yeah. her, and great. Yeah. yeah. She's incredible, too, man. She played on, uh, they did a, a, a Down and Outs record with. Uh, um, Joe Elliott. Joe Elliott. Yeah, it's incredible, yeah. man. You know exactly yeah. what that project is. So, Def Leppard guy, man. But he sings in, in his little more natural register on those tunes. And, man, it's good to hear him in that zone, man. And those songs, as nostalgic as they wrote them based on old classic Mott the Hoople, you know, right. whatever, you know, that mm-hmm. style and share, man. She's freaking killing it on some of those tunes, man. Yeah, yeah. You know. Anyway, didn't mean to segue away from that, but you're talking about <laughs> your your wife playing bass, and we're talking about female bass players. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I saw her play. Uh, I went on the Monsters of – I got my Monsters of Rock Cruise T-shirt. I've been on uh-huh. that seven times, so Vixen was on it a couple times, and she also played with the London Choir Boys oh, uh, on the cruise. That. Oh, wow. I had no idea. Yeah. Because the keyboard player, I believe, also played in the down and out. So that's the whole big story. Oh, okay. Anyways. Okay. <laughs> to keep nice, going man. down that road you started on. <laughs> no, it's cool, man. It's, it's all good music, man. I mean, if you like Def Leppard and you like Joe Elliott, man, I mean, down and outs is like a cool project for him. And, right. You know. I think they did two albums, yeah. It's really musical, yeah. The first Don one Joseph kind of, said Lita Ford was a badass. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. I know you're all wondering. No, I don't play bass. No, <laughs> get on. Sure you do. I was going to ask you to break it out, but you know, whatever, Lydia. That's cool. Maybe a mean recorder. Hey. <laughs> Norman taught his wife thirty songs. Man, you know. I, I know. I'm going to have to go take some lessons now. There you go. Exactly. The first gig I ever did it. on bass, I didn't even know what scales I was playing. I was just listening to the notes, man, and I was just like watching my hands and. And you know, that got me up to speed more than anything, just going out on the road and like going, okay, you know, by the second that you, you take those first two shows and those are actually kind of like your practice and rehearsal shows, even though everybody doesn't know it. And then by the year into your third, fourth show, man, you're like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm in the zone now, man. You know, so sometimes you just go for it and fine tune it as you go. Right. Yeah. It's something you I was regretted was not learning like an instrument. It's never too late. That is true. Yes. It's very true. Plus, D.D. Ramone was the easiest bass player to, you know, Ramone's songs are so easy. He's a legend mm-hmm. for it. Mm-hmm. He did exactly what he was supposed to do in that band. And, you know, you don't have to be the best or, or it doesn't have to be like Rush or whatever. Right. Teddy Lee, yeah. Any kind of music touches people. Yeah. That's true. I mean, if if you can groove on one note, junk, dun, 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 it's all it takes, man. Is just an eighth note like that. Just it doesn't have to be anything, man. As long as it's in the pocket, junk, dun, 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 dun. It's got to be tight, man. It can be one note. That's the way I tell people that want to know how to play. I'll pick up a guitar and go. Forget about trying to figure out how to get your hands to do this. It hurts. Put your finger on this note and make it feel good. Junk, dun, 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 dun. Just crunch it, man. You know, it's like Steve Jones from the Sex Pistols. Junk. Everything was junk. Junk, junk, you know, it's like this was pop music back then. They called it punk, but it was like 
you know, melodic rock, basically. You listen to the anthem choruses, right, sure. from that Sex Pistols record. It was like as freaking rock as it could be. Yeah. You know, it wasn't the, the high-intensity, you know, like 90s punk that came in that was like just speed metal punk. I mean, that was like those tunes. So music is, if you break it down, right, um, Norman, if you break it down into something simple for somebody, as long as it's grooving, man, everybody's happy, you know? Yeah. Doesn't have to be complicated. Just the, and that's what I wanted to talk to, get Tony back on. That's what I wanted to talk to him about. Cause you know, Iron Maiden, he wanted to have a prog keyboard player, but that was 1977, right when punk rock was the biggest hit, yeah. so big in England, mm-hmm. because yeah. everyone was so sick of watching prog rock. They wanted to do it themselves. Like I can be the one on stage now. You know, it's yeah. funny how yeah. that comes about. It is. Man, those- Norman, Norman, I do appreciate you taking some time and joining with us. Um, and thank you for waiting in the green room um, while Tony, you know, you know, he did last a lot, little bit longer. But I mean, he, he had a lot of great stuff to talk about. And uh, totally enjoyed him. Thank you for having me. It was awesome. No, absolutely. And we definitely have to have you come back again. Um, and maybe, maybe we can get Brett on the show. You just never right. know. That's right. Yes. I got to work on him. Yeah. Okay. You never know. You never know. Like yeah, you know. I mean, I got Lydia Manson on the show today. I right, mean, exactly. I, yeah. I met her. She's really not that great. Oh, really? <laughs> Living yeah. legend. She is. She's overrated, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Norman. Thanks again for Norman, joining us. It's really us. great getting to talk to you. Yeah, you too, Lydia. Right Enjoy on, the dude. Whole thing. Nice Thank to you, you buddy. Good to yes. meet you too, man. I'm going to go watch Reese. those videos now. I want to see you at 21 and then playing those know, tunes. Man. I'm going to go that find that YouTube too. video. It's on YouTube, yeah. right? <laughs> well, it's on my uh, Facebook page, Norman. Oh, Ross. okay. Okay. Yes. We'll go find it. There. That'll be yeah. good, man. That'll be fun to watch, man. That's it would cool. Be. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Take All care, right, guys. Buddy. All right. Take, take care, Norman. Bye, Thank Norman. you. What an amazing guest he was. I mean. And incredible, really. Great musician. He had such a great smile. Yeah, I could see the Eddie Van Halen resemblance too. You know, he like you can he tell he's younger. just like a genuine happy person. Yeah, yep, yeah. just hanging I out. I mean, he, just... he thought his career was over in, in thirty seconds, and then all of a sudden it exploded. So, right? you know, I mean, you just never know what what path life will bring to you. I guess sometimes you know? when you submit to certain things, you know, I mean, it opens you up to maybe something you didn't really expect to ha- happen you know i mean you just mm-hmm. never know you just never I mean, know look at look at you i mean you know i'm here with you <laughs> yeah a year and a half ago i never expected my show to be where it's at today but look and look at all the, the people that i've connected and right i and even i'm we still have don here joseph and you're still here and i got don joseph wanting to know who the goth girl in black is hey look pervert i don't know she's an actress <laughs> <laughs> look you degenerate I know that guy personally, so I can say those things to him. She is. <laughs> tell him who you are. Tell him what my you name are. is Lydia Manson. Yeah, and Lydia, Lydia. tell him what you do. Um, I'm an actress. A I'm a cosplayer. I'm a podcaster. There all you that go. fun stuff. There you go, degenerate. That's what she does. I know. <laughs> I've known him. He's my my little brother's good buddy from North Hollywood from 40 years ago. So I can say that stuff to him. Don't worry. He's not a stalker. I'm just yeah. making him out to be like a weirdo. Because <laughs> he Teresa, is one. Teresa Saban says, great start to a new season, Roger. So 
this is our actually first night doing the all new Hollyweird show. Sunday nights is the Nashville edition with Justin Love and Elise Harper. Wednesday nights, it's Elf Darren. And of course, you never know who the mystery guest is going to be joining us each and every week. It could be some famous celebrity, it could be my neighbor next door. You just don't know who's going to pop in that spotlight. But you know what? It's just going to be a random person. It may even be one of our audience members. You just never know who's going to pop in that spotlight here. So, Lydia, you did a great job. I mean, yes, Lydia. I hate even saying great job. You just were so natural and just because job's not the right word. It's like that's too stupid. This isn't that. But you just kind of fit in and you were fun and it was a perfect like little thing. I loved it. Oh, well, I, it was really great. Thank you for having me on. It was really great getting to talk to Tony and Norman and both of you and, yeah. and even Ike. You know, like, I really had Ike's a great time. Well, now, you, you and I can go down in New York and go do the Sex in the City tour together. Yes. Yes. So we'll have to connect the two of you guys so you guys can go. And you got to check out his show, Fifty Shades of Gay. I have to. You have to. It's a great show. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to be gay to really appreciate the show. That's the great thing about the show is you can enjoy the humor and enjoy, you know, you know, yeah, the laughs, the humor, the variety show it is and just, you know, be able to appreciate it. So um, great show. He's on tour around the world, around the United States. So uh, just follow it. Uh, Fifty Shades of Gay, Ike Avelli, and he is on our show every Wednesday night giving us the Holly Weird Report. So. He's a funny motherfucker, man. He is a funny motherfucker. And stitches, man. <laughs> and yes, you do have to be gay to watch it. No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> anyway. so I, do want, I do want to thank our guests tonight, Tony Moore and Stormin Norman Voss. Also, yeah. Ike Avelli with the Hollywood Report. And I have to say thank you, Lydia, for joining us on the show. Mm-hmm. We had such a blast. We'll have to have you back on the show again in the future. Can't yeah. wait. Loved it. Can't wait. So, for Darren, I'm Roger the Wild Child. Thank you all for uh, joining us, and we will be back next Wednesday night, 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific, Sunday night for the Nashville show, 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific. Until then, guys, you guys have a great night.